Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by some sushi and some taxes. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. I have a dear friend named Mike, and Mike hates white rice. <laughs> the first time we really hung out, my wife was, was pregnant. It was our first kid, so it was quite some time ago. And Mike invited us out. We were living in Oakland at the time. Mike was living in Danville, and he invited us out. He said, hey, we're going to go get some sushi. Do you want to come out? I was like, great, sure. So we drove out from Oakland. It's like 20, 25 minutes. Go to the sushi place, Akira, in downtown Danville. Love Akira, by the way. It's still there. Thank God they're hanging in there. If you enjoy sushi and you live in the Danville area, go check out Akira. It's good stuff. So we go in there, and we're there for hours. I had no idea, but Mike really, he, he had a couple kids, and he had a babysitter. They were not in a rush to get home at all. So we, we get there. They had been there for like, I don't know, at least 45 minutes. They hadn't even ordered, or maybe they had had like snap peas or something, but or edamames, but they hadn't had anything major. They were just crushing this beer. He and his wife really enjoy beer. And so we're hanging out. And as the evening goes on, we start ordering, you know, rolls and stuff. And again, Akira has really, really wonderful rolls. And so every time we'd order a roll, Mike would say, hey, brown rice and soy paper. And I was like, wait, did you just speak English? He's like, yeah, yeah, look, look, brown rice. Let's get brown rice. I'm like okay, okay, fine. He was like, soy paper instead of seaweed? I was like, all right, I guess. Now, mind you, I really like white rice and I really like seaweed. So it was a little different, but I was like, hey, well, no big deal. We're hanging out. So again, evening goes on, every roll, every dish, fewest carbs possible. And we're going and going and going like this for, for hours, which was a great time. Obviously, I remember it. It was like a decade ago. And I finally asked him, like, what are you doing with the brown rice and the soy paper? And he was like, well, I hate seaweed. I'm like, okay, I could have guessed that. He's like, and I'm just not trying to carb out with the white rice. It's like, you're not trying to carb out? You're like, yeah, bro, it's full of carbs. <laughs> it made me laugh because I said, look, you realize brown rice has carbs too. He's like, yeah, but it, fewer carbs. I was like, Mike. You just enjoyed like three pitchers of beer, <laughs> obviously not drinking it by himself, but, you know, at, at the table with the four of us, we were drinking beer for, for hours and just laxing and hanging out. Um, wife, by the way, was obviously not drinking beer. She was a DD, so thank God for that. So we're, we're sitting there and I'm like, this doesn't really make sense. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. White rice has crazy carbs. I was like, Mike, I get it. But your pitchers of beers have carbs too. And he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. kind of blows it off, which cracks me up to this day. I'm like, what? whatever. And recently, something else very similar but very different came up as well. I was talking to a, a very dear friend of mine who talked about, talked about people and how they vote. Obviously, we just got through an election. And he was talking about how people vote primarily based on money. I was like, okay, well, how do you mean? He said, look, if you don't make very much money, you're going to vote Democrat because you get the benefit of the taxation and the social programs that are paid for by people paying taxes, but you don't have to pay for the taxes. So you love all the programs that, that you get. And if you make a moderate amount of money, but not a ton, 
right? Like say you make two to $300,000, which to me seems like a dump truck of money, but he says moderate amount of money. He works in a CPA firm. If you make a moderate amount of money, then you pay a lot of taxes and you tend to vote Republican. I was like, okay. And what if you make a lot, a lot of money? He says, well, if you make a lot, a lot of money, then you go back to voting Democrat because you find ways to hide your money. So it's really the people who have the burden of the taxation that vote Republican because they're paying for all of the programs that everyone else is enjoying on off their back. But that's primarily how people vote. And I've been blown away. First off, I was blown away by that perspective regarding voting because I don't I'm not saying he's wrong with the people he talks to, but I think if you talk to any broad spectrum of of individuals, you're going to find a lot of different values there and a lot of different reasons for voting. And I was also blown away by the sushi thing. I've obviously never forgotten this example because here's the thing. What what my friends were saying, not necessarily incorrect, if you look at things through a certain lens, okay? My buddy with the voting, he's looking at it through the lens of the people that he talks to at his work and what he sees people do when engaged in this very specific conversation. And that's, that's a very specific lens for him. And my buddy Mike, with his white rice and soy paper and <laughs> drinking tons of beer, he's looking at it through a lens of, of fad diets. He's not a bad person for doing this, by the way. But what a lot of fad diets do is they realize, they're like, okay, look, we got to convince people to, to drink and eat fewer carbs. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to identify things that they'll likely not miss that much. And so they can easily take them out and they'll feel like they're doing something. But we're not going to identify the things that have a very strong likelihood that they won't cut out. So in this case, the white rice, it's very easy to cut out. People are not, you know, super aligned with white rice. And if you can convince them it's going to do something, they're happy about it. If you told my buddy Mike to not drink beer ever again, or that beer was a source, a primary source of his carbs, he would just stop listening to you. He, would, he just wouldn't even pay attention to it. Because again, he's looking at it through this lens of what works for me uh, to feel like I'm doing something, this kind of fad, fad diet. These lenses have become to be really at the forefront of my mind because I've started wondering how I view things through lenses. And specifically with my students, I view them through the lens of, look, are you actually trying or are you not? That's it. Because I've almost never seen somebody who's really trying that can't make progress. And yes, there are exceptions. I've worked with people who have massive anxiety and try as they may, they just, on test day, they just get worked up. They can't sleep the night before and they freak out. That doesn't mean they didn't try, but that's not the average student, right? The average student, just like almost anything in life, in my opinion, if you are living in California and you are trying hard at something or trying, let's say this way, forget hard, Let's say you're trying in the top 25% of the population. You will likely rise above the average lifestyle of that population. That's my perspective. That's my lens. And that's how I engage people, which is, hey, if you want to be better than the average bear right now, you got to try harder than the average bear. That's it. That's it. And from my perspective and my experience with my ed education kind of career, that's, that's what really works. But that's not the whole perspective. That's not, that's not the only lens. You have people with lenses uh, that are focused on gender, 
saying, look, young women don't get a fair shake compared to young men. And they look at everything as it relates to gender. Or you look at people or you get people who look at race and skin color and say everything that we're going to look at and digest here is a function of skin color and race and and experience that comes with that. And it's so amazing because, again, you're not going to be able to tell these people they're wrong. And they're not, I'm not saying they are wrong. You know, I'm sure that race and gender and taxation and, and white rice all actually do factor into lived experiences and outcomes. That's, that's fine. But I think the problem people run into with these lenses is they deny the fact that there's an equally valuable alternate lens, <laughs> right? Like, there are plenty of people in the world that eat white rice every single day and are not overweight. So for Mike to say, hey, in my diet, in my life, this white rice is the problem, it's like, fine, but don't tell me that white rice is a problem overall. Or my buddy who, who deals with taxes, don't tell me. I'm not going to tell him, first off, that he's wrong that some people don't vote that way, but don't tell me that there isn't an equally important and valid interpretation for how people vote. Because not everybody's looking at their taxes and, and social programs like that. They're... The problem is that people do not want to validate alternate lenses for the same stimulus. They don't want to alternate or validate the ability to look at a set situation from a different angle and get a different outcome or a different opinion on it. People want their lens to be the only lens that everyone can look through. And that's really where we run into problems. And more than anything, when we demand that our lens is the only lens that people can look through and and kind of observe and judge an experience, we completely turn off everyone else to hearing us and seeing us. Because you shouldn't say this is the only possible way you can see this if you want somebody to listen and you want them to change their mind. If you're speaking with somebody that doesn't see the world the way you see it, the best way to get them to change their view or at least hear or see you is to first validate them. Say, hey, look, I I hear how you see that, okay? I kind of see it a different way. Let me just explain that to you. And, And I think your way is fine. But until we start looking at the lenses for other people, until we start validating other people's perspectives, We're not going to have any kind of reasonable discourse, and we're certainly not going to persuade people to look through our lens and see what we're trying to get them to see. We have to first validate people's perspective. We have to validate the lens that they're looking through. And then perhaps we can have some shared conversations and find some bridges. But acknowledge that you have a lens first. Acknowledge that you're looking at the world from a certain perspective. And it's not the only perspective. And then maybe you can make some headway with those around you. I'm Matt Todd, and this is Engine That Drives Me. Go out and crush it.